my name is Isaiah and I'm the art director for Void Collective and welcome to, welcome to our last episode of uh, Void Conversations. So basically just to introduce Void Conversations uh, about what it is, it's basically a fringe event running alongside our virtual exhibition titled A Sense of Being, Disjointed, Transient and Incomplete. And our exhibition explores the everyday dissonance of what it means to be human in a world so fragmented and temporal. And coming back to what we do in Void Conversations is that we bring in artists who are curated as part of this exhibition and we explore their art and their practice and how they respond to the core theme of the exhibition. And uh, before I hand over the time to uh, our guest today, Torrin, and to our two moderators, uh, Maddie and Jasper, I would like to just like thank everyone for um, joining us for our six other previous episodes of uh, uh, of void conversations and, and it's a very nice it's a very nice thing to have uh, over uh, a thousand people coming to view our our podcast or our live cast if, if you want to call that so thank you very much and we will just be we will be taking a break after this uh, this episode and we will end our series then but we will we will take this time to consolidate what we have done over the past few months and we will come back with a second series as well so without any further ado um, I'll hand over the time to Jasper and Maddie and let's welcome our guest Torin cool yeah thanks Isaiah today, so today we've got Torin on the call and um, for the uh, call went live that we think that Torin's work of our sense of being title for this exhibition that has underpinned everyone else's work itself I think to this being the final episode in the way that Torrens approached the and how he explores it so yeah Torrens if you wouldn't mind talking about your project Untitled mm -hmm. to kind of like introduce that it would be really cool to sure perhaps um, so basically in this project I've been exploring like the characteristics of being in Gen Z um, and sort of how we've been affected by like the um, digital revolution like basically happening as we were growing up and like don't get me wrong we have great qualities and everyone loves technology but um, it's kind of hard to ignore this relationship we have with digital technology um, and how like from such a young age it can sort of influence you and um, it can sort of take over like face-to-face -face conversations um, which is especially relevant today um, mm -hmm. and yeah. I suppose the sort of content of my work focuses on like those sort of um, authentic moments of being young um, mm. and sort of like living in the moment um, and sort of how our digital lives have sort of been integrated with us with our social lives um, and sort of a good example of this is my slow tie collage because um, I feel like it's such a recognizable scene that anybody from sort of me generation would recognize that and probably has been in that exact same experience um, but sort of like when you look a bit closer instead of people holding up lighters people have their mobile phones with their phone torches on or they're sort of mm -hmm. recording for their social medias um, and we're all used to like looking up and seeing a big disco ball but uh, the image not only there's a big disco ball but there's a CCTV camera 
brings that together. Sure. Um, and then, I think, sorry, sorry, if I could. Um, all right. Yeah, yeah just, just definitely. Stop you there briefly. Um, can, can, can you hear me all right, by the way? Is that <laughs> yeah, really yeah. still okay? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I think what's, what's really interesting about the way you went about this project is that I, I wonder if you agree with me saying the scope of um, really broad, I think, in a, in a great sort of open way. Yeah. I think with, with something like this where it's, it's about human experience, really, isn't it? It kind of leaves that mm. space for it to be subjectively. Definitely. Did. That sort of way of working that comes naturally to you to kind of work intuitively and yeah, rather than rather than sort of having a really specific plan and you know, do you know what I mean? Um, my wonder that um, I sort of like work and then the project like reveals itself to me almost, um, mm -hmm. and I feel like I've it's sort of untitled because it's like so personal to me. Yet also, I feel like I've I've tried to make it as relatable and sort of universally um, read by like different people. Um, so like any portraits or people we see in the project like aren't necessarily about that person or their experience, but like an idea that you as the viewer can sort of look and then sort of understand that yeah. your own interpretation. Mm, I think and like, for a moment, if I can just cut in Jasper, um, I'd quite like to go back to your um, image of a concert. And mm -hmm. I mean, we, one thing we really did pick up is obviously this essence of like self surveillance. And it, like, mm -hmm. as you said, like experiencing life through a screen. And I don't know if you kind of want to go through that a, a bit more, but I think across like the images you've made in your series, there is this kind of essence of self surveillance as, as a generation, mm -hmm. all we are is like, taking images of ourselves, sharing it, of like our food, of that walk we went on. It's yeah. this constant. I don't know if you want to kind of delve into that a bit more. Um, yeah, so like, like you said that, and like, especially now, um, living through a screen every day is so like, so normal to us. We don't really think twice about it, um, which is sort of why in my work, I sort of wanted to make it a little bit like self-aware so sort of like you knew that you were looking at something, not just like aimlessly looking at a screen, which we miles all do. Yeah, definitely. And I think like kind of going back to what Jasper said that the work is quite loose and broad. It's quite nice to see like, I don't want unpredictability to sound like as a negative thing because it's not because I feel like the work is quite experimental, but in quite a nice unpredictable way like you're not predicting what images will come next and it's mm. kind of mimicking this unpredictability of social media like i mean i know on my instagram one minute uh, there's a picture of someone you know on the beach who i knew at college and then the next one is like i don't know a loom in print and then it might be like one of you guys work from uni yeah. and i think i think that's a really nice part of like the project that this is this kind mm. of unpredictability in the way that we are using social me media even though and experiencing like life through a screen do you kind of want to well, maybe discuss if, I, if I could if i could perhaps add on to that maddie i, I think uh -huh. it's really interesting with what's um that is essentially like all that we know and have experienced mm -hmm. youth like and today 
like with the, with this broad approach as well, I think it's kind of interesting to reflect on reason to sort of like pause and reflect on this mm. topic like that. Mm. This sort of like particularly time what caught my eye in, in your slow tie collage is that ominous little CCTV mm. you know, up in the top right <laughs> in the original image or, or were you um, so basically um, that one single image um, is sort of is a, a composite of like two rolls of film that I shot at that one night um, mm. and I, I printed them all off and then I cut them like with a scalpel by hand. And so like everything is like exactly where I want it and like perfectly arranged from like the crowds to where it sits, like the background. So like where the, the um, disco ball is and the security camera is all like very constructed. But I also tried to make it look like a, it could be a snapshot, but when you like really look into it, you can see that it's, sort of just layers of images mm, I think because you like yeah because you're like very delicately like you know cutting these like sections of images out and then putting them together like at a glance mm. I really I really get that sense of like it could just be a scene in a moment but mm. then you kind of look closer and I, I feel like that also mirrors social media that you look at yeah. it it's nice happy life like people are loving life but you're looking closer and you know it's not real you know mm. something's caught a bit off and I think like mentioning that CCTV camera which is why I kind of use this term surveillance in a self-surveillance mm. way because obviously we are all surveillanced in some form whether it's CCTV or there's someone we end up in someone's you know video of the concert or whatever but I think it's quite interesting it's that, quite interesting that... oh I just heard myself <laughs> um sorry um i think it's quite interesting that like we're also putting the surveillance on ourselves like mm -hmm. we are surveillancing ourselves even though i feel like people have an aversion to being surveillance i feel like i'm using surveillance so much but <laughs> it's the only one that you can kind of use i don't know maybe if you want to talk more about this kind of like terms of like social media and maybe how these they kind of fit together in this kind of self-surveillancing world yeah um sort of what you said sort of made me think that um how like it's sort of in today's like youth culture it's sort of expected like to always have something on your story or mm. telling what everyone what you're always up to and like it can be quite tiring and I sort of in some of like the maybe like quieter pieces not like the more intense pieces um it sort of reflects on like asking if that's like really a good sort of culture we have um because mm. like the overuse of social media can like really have really make you feel like quite lonely mm. and then also like you're basically um telling a story of someone who maybe you're not yeah it's, it's such a like fragmented story of someone mm. as well isn't it i quite like how you said that social media is quite lonely in a kind of personal experience of social media yeah. because you know when we look at social media we're alone or even if we're not it's like we're isolated we are focused mm. on the phone but then also like we're posting these images and it does feel quite lonely yeah. like because I'm posting this picture of when I had a good time the other day but here I am alone reflecting on that time 
and it's just this sort of lonely like story of mm. these are like my best hits these are the moments the story i want to share with everyone else mm. but like i mean we're accustomed to kind of seeing it but for the majority nobody really cares do they they're just mm. like oh that's a nice picture maybe like it maybe don't or she's my yeah. friend i like it you know can you move on and might never see that again and you never really think about it properly do you mm. which I, I feel like is really nice with your work because even even in some of the portraits where you know it's sort of mimicking this language of social media mm. it just feels so tender and like i feel genuine it's like genuine because you're like you stop you actually look at the image mm. and you're seeing that person where i feel like in a way on social media we don't always see the person mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, Jasper kind of... Well, something that came up in um, is like this, you know, the fact that our, our generation um, is kind of surveillance. Um, mm. and, and actually, perhaps it's interesting to think about it in the context of Ruby's work, who we spoke to you last time, mm -hmm. about the family archive mm. and, you know, what that was. And, and for her, it was these, like, uh, film images that have been framed in an album. I think, you know, most, most people's family albums, you know, the last century were like that. Mm. And now, you know, the, the, the archive that we kind of like unknowingly build is, is one that records, um, like a picture at a birthday party. It's like, if you wanted to see it in its full scope, it would be like your, your, like, your your search history if you've got like an amazon alexa it records your mm. and and so there's this whole like there's this enormity to it that's kind of like and and i think it's interesting to look at your images torrent and how how does that affect the way someone grows up you know mm. i don't yeah perhaps that's like maybe i'm that's something i'm I, I feel like specifically, I suppose, in what you're talking about, like this archive, um, I feel like if we focus on like the camera roll, like what, what is in one's camera roll, you know, you have an image of yourself and your friends, you might even have screenshots of like your online presence. And then there's obviously like, I mean, I know I have it, everyone does, there's pictures of the food you've had and there's just random videos of moments that you, it's like this incessant obsession with capturing like everything that our generation is just it's just it almost feels like this like person life right now is to capture everything and share it with everyone and i think i think that's why going back to that unpredictability of like your work i think that's why it works so nicely because it is mimicking that the the maybe the language of social media so so well because as I say, like one minute you see one thing and the next minute you see something else. And in our own archives, there is that unpredictability. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe if you want to talk more about, maybe if the archive was important in your work or maybe. Um, we... Yeah, so um, sort of uh, we spoke about this earlier, how I my sort of process isn't like have an idea for a project, shoot it, mm. perfect, finished. And um, like that slow tie, um, the actual show was like it was the day before New Year's Eve, um, mm. so not in term time obviously. But I had I'd shot this and then I just kept it um, 
obviously to then develop when we got back to uni um and then i feel like sort of those sort of like genuine experiences um i just sort of i can't not record those like photographically mm. um, and they're so sort of hard to fake and like produce so i feel like i sort of in a way i never stop working but then i can't start working as well in sort of a mm. weird way I, I i feel like it, it very runs true to what you said about the work that your personal life is merging with maybe a more mm. like critical way of seeing like the digital like world and this generation's digital presence mm. because i mean obviously you're part of this generation we all are so yeah. you kind of can't it can't not be personal in a way exactly yeah, particularly when we were talking about the camera roll just then um or your uh where you've scanned the whole the whole roll of film mm -hmm. yeah you know what I'm about? The, mm -hmm. the contact the sheet yeah the to like um as a sort of analog version of it um yeah because it has that same format of their rows and columns um but then also um i sort of wanted to like almost uh, although like the work is sort of about surveillance and social media um sort of mm. that piece with um malcolm who's the dancer um mm. i sort of wanted to just focus on like something like dance which is something completely not digital and it's very raw and like physical and it's something that has happened for ages and will go on um for ages so um and then also recording that on film but then shooting mm. it like a video mm. so it's just completely like removing myself from like social media or digital technology too much mm. and also something like dance is so present in reality and it, mm. it it isn't really conforming with this kind of digital world and digital presence mm. that we have because I mean, again, like as an umbrella of like art, it is that human experience of that thing in person, but dance really like epitomizes that. And I think mm -hmm. it really, that like essence of being present in reality, really, it, it, I mean, it runs true throughout your work, but specifically mm -hmm. in those images. And I think one thing we actually haven't touched upon, but we'd love to hear you talk about it is why did you choose to work in like such a tangible way with analog process rather than you could just do a whole digital project talking about yeah. digital stuff so maybe um well i sort of wanted each piece to be like very individual um so like yeah. to look at each image is like something really like fresh and like something you have to like you have to look at and really digest something not like things that you've seen before mm. um and i sort of i wanted to do this because like um also like the ephemeral sort of nature of my work sort of represents like the fleetingness of youth itself mm -hmm. um so i sort of wanted to make the work not look like damaged but like the like some of the work looks like it's it's lived like in the real world mm. um and then probably might not it's like might not live the test of time which like digital archiving and surveillance like that's probably going to be there forever mm. Whereas this is something that maybe or like it's a short period of time like the dancer 
I, I could only record him for like I think it was four and a half seconds um mm. and then like that's that's all you get because mm. it's so always just it's like materiality sorry man like mm. the, the materiality <laughs> you know that I I hadn't I hadn't considered actually like it, it being sort of anti antithetical like the opposite to 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 like mm. fast moving digital world mm. yeah, not a question really just a comment <laughs> i think it i think it's I, I kind of build on what i was gonna say but i think it's really interesting because you could do a very digital project about a digital thing but mm. instead it's this very like it's just very like tangible work and you're talking about the work being quite ephemeral and i think it was quite interesting what you said about a digital archive because i feel like for me although you said that the digital archive can last forever you know we have things like icloud and it will just live in some place that no one really knows about forever but i feel at the same time it is so easily lost like yeah. you know your computer dies your phone dies you know it's lost whereas like work that's very tangible is very very hard to kind of almost mm -hmm. lose in a way because it is there it's before you and i and i also think it's quite interesting because the work as it's tangible they're one-offs there's only one of them in the world which is it's kind of like i don't know if ironic is the right word probably not but like you know on social media it feels like you see the same image over and over again mm. so it's quite interesting how you've chosen to make these one-offs these like there's one image then it's not like anything else we would see on social media but it also mm. feels like it has that essence of yeah like if you want to go go <laughs> um yeah uh, so also sort of the reason of why i chose such physical processes was that I sort of knew that because I'm part of Gen Z, I knew I would end up posting my work online or sharing with friends, um, such as like our online exhibition. Mm -mm. And then um, sort of, I didn't want to fool too much, like relying on digital. Um, mm -hmm. So I wanted like using those processes, like so the work could almost speak for itself and stand out even in like a digital platform. Mm, definitely, I think, oh. It's just occurred to me um, that, like, which although it was not initially planned to go online, <laughs> yeah, adds another addition, doesn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. it marries with your work really well. Yeah, yeah, and going like transitioning from that material to like the immaterial. It's like, I guess it's kind of, you know, in a broader sense, as everything moved online in March mm. in the UK, um, it's mm. quite poignant actually. I find, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, is that is 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 that sort of um, material and immaterial for you, Torin? Mm -hmm. Is is that quite significant in the sort of conceptual? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's one portrait of like the really close cropped like ear and hand. It's like all purple image. Um, I I made that by actually scanning my like quite severely smashed phone screen um on like a flatbed scanner um cool. and like i, I, I like really high dpi um, yeah. and it's kind of weird for me because i almost can't see the cracks and everything because i see those cracks every day on my phone and um, but i'm just kind of curious like to see that through other eyes like how well you notice like things like that 
I think that's yeah. a really interesting like metaphor for that, isn't it? That mm. that that some some what you've become kind of like in your mm. face screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something that is very like pertinent to kind of going off on that is like the way that we live life behind the screen. It's very much this kind of fragility of memory. And I mean, to coin Roland Barthes, uh, he, he, he literally says like photography replaces memory and it acts as a counter memory. And I, I think that's quite interesting because mm -hmm. obviously how we're using social media in the digital world is, is almost just like, our memory is just replaced by photographs and I think it's really interesting how you're sort of saying about this image that you can't even see the cracks and maybe they're not as clear in the photograph or mm -hmm. they don't resonate as strongly in the photograph so I guess that experience maybe of your screen it sort of gets warped and yeah. the memories that you have of that I, I think it's really interesting to just sort of see photography as something that is almost a negative presence in our life I don't know you're like mm. to talk about that, but yeah. <laughs> um, I guess what, what you're saying there, Maddie, is like the um, hyper, um, like, we live with to reflect on like, how that's influencing us and, and whether mm. it's good. Um, mm sort of so abstract it's hard to kind of quantify in any in any like area isn't it mm. go back to the beginning almost you know that cctv camera into the image mm. look at those little like one kind of tangible um where where that that sort of image world is presenting itself yeah mm. it's like quite meaningful and so so kind of looking this project on um mm -hmm. are you are you working on anything at the moment um and is this like is this an ongoing project do you think um i think this could definitely be an ongoing project because it's something that i mean it's very personal to me and i'm interested in um but sort of recently over lockdown i've been um sort of not had like a full break from photography but sort of just been almost doing like um automatic photography so just sort of going out with like no agenda and then just like seeing what I come back with on like during lockdown for example was a perfect example of this and it was almost like it was almost more of like a therapy for me rather than like a image making process it's just like mm. I like that I enjoy doing sorry I shouldn't, I shouldn't be interrupting you but I like yeah. that phrase in automatic photography mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Much, um, is that is that like a uh, is that a phrase you come up with there? Sort of, like, sort of stemming from like automatic writing and automatic drawing. You should copyright it. I should, yeah. <laughs> but then also, um, also like in a bit, a bit more of like a humorous way, meaning like I was taking them on like this tiny point and shoot with like no um, settings, like this little digital camera. Um, so automatic in that regard as well, sort of how I was doing mm. it and like sort of conceptually what I was thinking. Mm, I think it's also quite interesting because this sort of term automatic photography does come back to modern life and our generation. I think, I mean, I, I feel like we've mentioned it, but 
our lives are so documented and I mean quite transparent in that way like mm. I mean the media professes to be transparent and we are all quite in a certain way to an extent extent we are all quite transparent so I think it's quite interesting that like automatic photography feels to me I mean maybe you want to elaborate more on what that experience was like but you know you see something you capture it and it's this mm. constant like capturing of images quite yeah. like we do in modern life do you want to maybe elaborate on what that means to you or yeah sort of um sort of links into that my process in general of um mm -hmm. just like in being in the mo in that moment thinking like I have to take this photograph like I can't necessarily tell you why now but like I mm. have to take this photograph and then like later on I'll maybe see its full potential or like what it's like building to but I definitely mm. think that like actually making work is part of also like my conceptual um process as well I feel like the two hand in hand um build upon each other mm, definitely I feel like sometimes you take some images and it's not very clear to you why you're taking those mm. images but maybe when you see them in a series or you you know you, if you develop them in a film and you're saying like it all makes sense yeah <laughs> my brain is on paper <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting when you kind of start to see parts of almost like now things about your kind of subconscious almost by looking back at these mm -hmm. pictures hazardly sort of yeah just not have put much thought into at this time Definitely. um they sort of change meaning almost don't they mm -hmm. a meaning just sort of presents itself and i i don't know if this series you know untitled do you recently think Torin to have started to do that with you or have there been elements of the work that have like changed since you made it um I mean I think it's still quite recent that um and also like part of that work was made in lockdown um mm. so I was sort of a bit of like overlap there I suppose but um I definitely think like even looking back on, on some of the images I think like oh I could like see it a different way or like I don't, didn't notice something or some lot of aspect which like jumps out to me. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a real, I think that's a real strength of the work because you do the first time you look mm. at it, you kind of, you know, you see it and you experience it and then you come back to it again and again and again and you suddenly see more and more things about the work. Mm. And I think it's a real strength because I mean, it's like that. On social media but it is very interesting how obviously as time goes on not even necessarily like recontextualizing the work you just see it differently or you see more things yeah. like this constant picture you suddenly see more things that you're like, hmm, that's not quite right what's going on here <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of what i was what i was about to say actually you know these pictures of of people in like tightly packed spaces suddenly have mm. a new meaning don't they true very true it feels very wrong now you suddenly you think why are they not social distancing okay are we back we're back yay cool. sorry about the outage but we are back now and um we're gonna uh steal Dinu's question and kind of bring it in early to just try and kick start our conversation again so i suppose we'll do the first bit and then the next bit so do you think there is a relationship between this idea of a non-society surveillance and capitalism? That is the question. 
and I can do the second um, part if you like. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm not sure if I completely understand the question, but um, the sort of mm -hmm. notion of non-society, um, I feel like in today's like um, landscape, artists like, I'm not sorry, I can, um, right, sorry, um, what was I saying? Um, oh, the non-society. And um, I feel like today, like with social media and everything, um, artists just slow time and other people have like such cult followings mm. um, that like they'll, people just go like crazy, like to see them um, like at festivals or like will buy like any of their merchandise or sort of almost creating their own like societies um, just purely based on like one musical artist. Mm. I feel like online there is this essence of like non-society. Isaiah and mm. I have been talking a lot about almost like a faux culture online. I feel like that's kind of how I understand this question and how yeah. we're kind of striving for culture online. And it's kind of mm. all interweaved with this kind of self-surveillance. And I mean, capitalism sort of fuels this kind of, kind of... Yeah culture maybe of like consumerism i don't know mm. i don't know how to put it because i feel like everyone's experience of it is different um but let should we move on to like the next part of the question because i feel like you're kind of leaning into that one which is yeah. do you think there is a conversation here between these ideas and your interest in gen z and the bands and musicians you have represented in your work um yeah because <laughs> i feel <laughs> i feel that um music sort of is a great sort of influence of culture especially like youth culture mm. um it's sort of based around music and obviously music and dance go hand in hand mm. and um to be quite honest i don't really know much about dance um but like i'd say i'd know more about music and then sort of dance sort of tagged on to that um but then again like going back to the idea of like it's kind of crazy pre-lockdown obviously how massive groups of people would go into like a field just to see some bands play like creating their own society and their own sort of mini like ecosystem within like a sort of festival environment Mm, it's very much like this own kind of culture or, or Jasper mm. if you want to go just a small comment um in these spaces yeah. in like these like concerts and these like like festivals and all this mm. it's like this it's all kind of like its own like maybe society and culture within that Jasper do you want to kind of say what you wanted to say oh, yeah, no, very, much, very much along those lines buddy like I think it's interesting to think about um I think you know part, part of Dini's question there um, resonated with me as this sort of like tension between <clears throat> the fact that um, uh, you know where technologically we're enabled now to communicate more than we ever have been able to before um, mm. there's this sort of mm. weird asymmetry or like that's really sits at odds with the fact that um, you know loneliness is like is, is on the rise mm. and like at a time when we have the means to be as social as ever um, people people are kind of Doing the opposite, and in the context of like your your music, that on you know, like like mm -hmm. pictures of people dancing, um, it's always been 
it's always been a thing that's that's bound groups together hasn't it as a sort of as a ritual yeah um music and 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 like physically dancing mm. has always been like a um a way that communities and like groups of people have been able to cooperate on a larger scale i guess i'm thinking about it really in the context of uh religion and religious ceremony um so so yeah i think i think dimmy's going to something really interesting though about that dialogue you know between mm. all of those i think it's um, also so just to well. sort of cut back in thinking about how we torin said um how so the experience of social media is quite isolated and lonely anyway and it's quite interesting kind of contrasting this with these experiences like i do kind of agree they're kind of like rituals maybe because as a society we're moving away from this sort of we're all believing in religions we're sort of moving more into this kind of i really don't know it's kind of confused and mixed and there are these rituals these annual rituals that we go to festivals concerts and it does bring people together but when we reflect on it with social media it's still that kind of isolated experience of what has been what over what is now and it's like i don't know are we really present in reality maybe we want to build on that torrent and this kind of presence that we have um it's kind of like a random um topic to bring up but there's like a clothing brand called like anti-social social club <laughs> which i feel like is a strangely relevant sort of point yeah. of the yeah. that idea of like being anti-social like as a group mm. or sort of like how you're sort of weirdly comfortable in a group of your friends or like looking at your phones and not speaking mm. to each other because mm. that's what we all do like when we're alone so yeah um, yeah it is, we it is weird yeah. Weird, like phrase that isn't it as, as the as the clothing brand it's <laughs> a, really yeah it's a, it's a really nice way of putting it because like as jasper said like we are supposed to be so connected and it's the most connected mm. we've ever been like you know you can like text someone halfway across the world and that takes yeah. you back immediately and yet we're also so lonely and are like and we're not completely present in reality so it's it's almost like this irony between the two that how how can we be connect, so connected in the real like virtually but also so lonely like in the real world i think it really comes down to again what we kind of touched upon in our last conversation with ruby this generational divide where our generation gen z is kind of moving so quickly with technology that we're leaving like our parents and our grandparents behind mm. kind of i mean my grandparents like two three years ago they only just got like an iphone 4 i absolutely mm. love the way they text me because it's so endearing because <laughs> they they try to text me like they're down with the kids kind of yeah. they know the lingo that we you know text each other with but it's so far from it but i find it quite endearing and it's quite interesting this sort of generational divide which i also think mm. is running quite you know prominent in your work even if it's just sort of a background thing mm. maybe you want to kind of elaborate on that as well um yeah i feel like in my work i tried to um sort of strip back any sort of like big signifiers of the time mm. um so like sort of a glance like it could sort of be sort of any sort of time period mm. um like not necessarily um fixed to like this era and gen z but mm. like whilst exploring those ideas while still making it very um 
sort of very understandable by anyone of any generation like like your parents could like look at this work and sort of see things that might remind them of their childhood and growing up maybe their adolescence Mm, that's very interesting because I feel that for us obviously social media is that core kind of digital Mm. like age for us whereas for my parents like growing up in the 80s like it's not like they didn't have any digital technology they did and but it was just different and but I feel like especially with this concert image that we keep coming back to I mean Mm -hmm. the way they would have like experience a concert is still quite similar to the way we're experiencing it mm-hmm. now. It's just obviously we're all recording it with our phones, but maybe back then it would have been different. You're using like mm-hmm. taking pictures with point and shoots, or you know, if you're cool, super eight. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually, on that note, maybe perhaps I'm I'm moving on to a new topic here. So so um, sorry if I'm too, but yeah, like. I think it's I think it's interesting, you know, to think to think about like things that characterize our generation, and one of them particularly is like like that it's it would you know it's suddenly trendy to shoot film again, mm. and like <laughs> and I think it like and you know that's not to say that like there are there are perfectly valid uses of shooting film, um, but I think to me it it, it represents like um, a sort of nostalgia that that is mm. quite like deep set in our in our kind of like generation which when we were talking about this the other day um we thought it was interesting to think about how um you know to think about why nostalgia really like would characterize a generation like our culture sort of like longing for another one is is sort Mm -hmm. of quite an odd thought and like you know often if uh people you know people in generations older than us outside of the photography sphere might be like well why are you shooting film it's just worse you know the digital (laughs) And like, there's this, there's a slight sort of misunderstanding, isn't there? Where it's like, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just interesting to think about that in our culture, wanting to sort of be part of a, you know, of of one that's come before it almost. Oh mm. yeah, definitely. It's really that trying to be part of something that like almost pre predecessors of our generation, and to try and experience, or maybe even like our parents, our grandparents, and that kind of move move away from digital life because I feel like for them it's like a breath of fresh air you know Mm -hmm. my mum can you know suddenly like call whoever she wants at any moment like or she can you know take pictures of like one thing tons of times and for her like as a child she was never really able to do that Mm -hmm. because you've got to think about money and you know the cost of film it takes to develop I think it's really interesting as you say like trying to and, and also how you've made your work in quite a tangible way when it could have been a very digital project, how you've pushed back to go, oh, I'm going to make a very tangible work, a very analogue yeah, exactly. work. And um, sort of going back to that idea of um, just what you were saying of like basically um, people would like sort of think, why do we shoot film? Um, I sort of think of it within like relation to my project, um, we so we sort of fall at the older end of Gen Z, so I mm. feel like we we can like better retrospectively look at sort of people who are a bit younger than us, um, and like and then also we can relate to their sort of digital culture, but then might not be as deeply engrossed. Yeah, um, and then I feel like sure. maybe using film, we're sort of like yearning for something a bit more like mechanical. 
mm. and like thing like things that have like proper weight or mm. <laughs> sounds kind I of think cheating, definitely maybe oh, cool, this yeah. is something Jasper and I spoke about with Isaiah maybe Jasper kind of wants to elaborate on it more but I think it's really pertinent what you're saying about actually our generation in itself that we are at the upper end of our generation and at the lower end of our generation their experience mm. of the digital world is so different to our experience of the yeah. digital world and for us it's kind of come in like the iPhone <laughs> was released in like 2006 maybe the first iphone mm -hmm. which is when yeah. i mean i think all of us were six so that kind of interest in the iphone i i mean i didn't really care i i i, I was outside <laughs> playing with my friends yeah. or yeah. you know i was probably like fighting with my brother like it was much mm. more that kind of human experience and maybe Definitely. jasper would like to go into that a bit more this kind of the way that like it's just it's really interesting how our generation is so divided within itself because of like the way children yeah. are now kind of being brought up like yeah i mean i guess um i guess that does sort of relate back to the topic that we talked about earlier um of how how a sort of image fueled world might materially impact someone who's growing up in its life mm. and uh, I, yeah i suppose the iphone it, you know the iphone came out in 2006 and like Instagram followed, um, not immediately after, but, but, you know, That's six years later. So, so certainly it's like for like, um, the generation mm. that is like going through adolescence now, um, to, to have really lived with it and for it to have set in. And like, it's, it's, mm -hmm. um, it's known that, you know, there's been this, uh, sort of, it, it almost felt like a mental health epidemic, didn't it? Of, like, mm. years ago, um, you wonder, if I mean, like, yeah, I don't really have any like data to substantiate this, but if if the t you know these two things relate at all, like mm. kids suddenly growing up in this in this hyper comparative sort of competitive, you know, so aware of how how they the others look, definitely, mm. um, it's kind of it's just one lens to to view it through, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's very much the way we consume content on social media in our like digital age, mm. and I feel. Like pe people are consuming that content from such a young age now, whether it's, you know, you're just playing games on an iPad. It's, it's very like digital, very like that actual, I, I guess it just comes back to what like Torin really said about um, social media that just runs really pertinent. It's so nice what you said that yeah. like social media is just like, it's just an, a lonely experience. You just, you're just isolated and yeah. the way we consume content is so isolated in that experience of these these phones these ipads it is just a isolating experience and so as a young person growing up I, I mean it's quite you just don't have that same human contact and experience do you i mean hello yeah yeah <laughs> I was going yeah, to ask you a question. Um, Were you saying something? Uh-huh. I was about uh, to I ask. Was, but go ahead. Okay, well, I, I was just going to say, do these key words kind of resonate with you that, you know, mm. of, of like loneliness and isolation? Um, is that is that something we're projecting, do you think, onto this project? That's or? true. Um, no, I, that's sort of something that I sort of set out to sort of put into my work, um, sort of by having like thinking about sort of like space within like the image and like having like one person 
uh, all those sort of like compositional things. Um, but uh, I'm sort of glad that you picked up on that. But then also like, um, I, I like talking to other people about my work for that reason, for like, mm. so this is what I was putting down and like, what are you picking up? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess yeah. that's one of the most interesting things about, about discussing it, isn't it? It's like about what each person mm. can bring to you. Um, mm. or, or how they receive it, how they interpret um, mm. work that you mm. And it's so nice good. to hear, the, you know, the artists like talk about the work because I mean, I keep coming back to what you said about social media because it does, it's just, mm. it really resonates with me. I feel like the way that I experience social media from yeah. a personal point of view. And I just feel like it's a really, I mean, it's quite sad in a way, but it's a nice way of putting mm. it. And yeah i can definitely i mean it doesn't mean your whole body of work is lonely and there's mm. like it's kind of maybe negative and sad it, it i don't feel like it's a lonely isn't a totally negative thing it's just yeah. kind of the world we're kind of kind of fabricating in a way with social media for sure i definitely think like my project as a whole and then sort of the topic we're talking about has sort of like a happy sad mm. sort of mixed relationship um like how social media can can be amazing but then also can be so harmful yeah it's very much these mixed feelings that we have about social media because on the one mm. hand which jasper sort of touched on you do wonder that if social media is catalyzing mental health because of the mm. way that we're presenting ourselves and our lives it's very curated very happy but then at the same time social media can be a wonderful place you know our online mm. show you know yeah it wouldn't have been the same without social media it just wouldn't have been possible this wouldn't be possible without social media exactly. so there's lots yeah. of very positive things it's true and so so on that note I, if isaiah's still there i wonder if um we we could we could take uh questions if there are more or what's he saying hi yes hello right. <laughs> thank you anyway um torrent for sharing with us about your project and yeah. Thank you for having me. And just, oh. just to let everyone uh, on the live chat know that if you have any questions for Torin, just um, put it in the chat, the comment section, and we'll reply and we'll ask Torin these questions. But before we go there, I, I think I think it was a very um, it was a very uh, pertinent discussion about where our youths are at now, and I think because like social media is such a universal thing. And it's, I, I can say that it's almost experienced by, by everyone. And it's something that we all can relate to. And I think certainly this generation um, definitely grew up um, living behind a screen and living mm. life in front of a screen, even uh, in, in Torrance images that everyone keeps coming back to, the slow tide one, where everyone is just holding mm. up their phones at a concert. And I personally find it really annoying when people do that because, because you, you, you're just not experiencing the yeah. the thing in front of you like you know when you go to a nice landscape what first thing you do take a photo when you mm -hmm. see this first thing take a photo and you and you just i don't know it's just not the same and um i think social media as much as it has um um democratized like information and it brought like real-time like updates to what the world and what everything is happening you know it kind of warps perception and it kind of warps um the worldview and perspective that we have on the world i think um jasper maddie and i were, we were just discussing about how like 
like um, for example like there is a murder happening in a town like the same murder mm. but the news but this news is being repeated like constantly on the 24 hour news cycle like you know the mm-hmm. from, from the for the inception of the murder when the police arrive you know the whole case just being dragged out on TV and, and o- o- although statistically it's just one murder but with it being like dragged out over such a long period of time you just feel that it's constantly like something negative happening every day and, and it, mm. really, it really um warps our perception on what um, society is like because ultimately social media is just an abstraction of life everything is curated as, as we've discussed and 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 yeah and perhaps it, it, it has kind of like molded us to become a more like apathetic society a more like and definitely a more polarized society if we if we if we view the online sphere as the so-called raw, rawest form of freedom of speech but that is we but that is if we understand freedom of speech as this literal word freedom of speech but mm. anyway that's just that's just my rant so um i, I think it, yeah yeah just i was concerned so, oh yeah it's interesting to think about how it reflects in public consciousness um you know materially like uh, what you know that this, this this hypothetical one murder case um, yeah. that can, if you know if it, if it happens a hundred years apart, it can be broadcast, um, you know, like infinitely more today than it could a hundred years ago, and mm-hmm. like the same event uh, achieves like a very different outcome in either scenario. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm. It suddenly feels like that murder has been like multiplied and they're reporting on several murders rather than just the one because of the um, amount of like reporting that is being done on that one thing mm-hmm. almost feels like how can that amount to one event when you know yeah. you you might go on bbc or or across if it's like a national thing across newspapers there's like hundreds of articles about it about every stage mm-hmm. of this murder it doesn't feel like it should just be one thing it should be like hundreds Obviously, that would be scary, but <laughs> it is yeah. very like much like warping that perception of what is kind of real and what's not real, and what's what the media is sort of driving on social media. Yeah, and, and I guess with multiple news outlets as well, and it, it kind of like increases the intensity of the murder, and with, mm. and with the way they report the murder as well. I mean, you're gonna get different headlines from, let's say, the BBC to Sky News to ITV to like the Sun the daily mirror mm. like daily mirror and like i mean you i'm, I'm sure everyone kind of knows like how they report things and, and it just it just creates a more like with we so many information coming together there's only so much we can process as well mm. and, and and with so many opinion flying everywhere and it's just creating a more apathetic and divisive society yeah and as you say like every single you know news like distributor kind of interprets that event Mm -hmm. in a certain way and spreads information about that event in a certain way so it really does feel like you know the sun compared to maybe bbc the way they're very very different so it almost feels like a completely different thing Mm -hmm. because of the news that they're spreading and the information and the way they kind of the language they use it feels like two different things even though it's still the same yeah absolutely Right, so um, we only we, we only have one question from um, Dinu, but uh, we we kind of like answered that in the first part. But I think we did, we have we have not answered the second part of his question. So, so I'll I'll just read his question. 
I'll just read this question out. So Dinu says, um, mm-hmm. our former Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher once said, there is no such thing as society. In her argument that there are individual men and women and there are families, she claimed no government can do anything except through people and people must look after themselves first. So the first part of the question, which we have, we kind of, we kind of like touch on the, at, at the start of the, of the restart. <laughs> So the, I mean I'll I'll, I'll just <laughs> I'll just repeat the first question again. So he says, do you think that there is a relationship between this idea of a non-society surveillance and capitalism? So that's the first one. So the second part is, do you think there is a conversation here between these ideas and your interest in Gen Z and the bands and musicians you have represented in your work? Yeah, um, I think so because um, sort of the way. Um, she spoke about individuals and families. Um, I feel like now that family is still important, but um, sort of groups of people like of your of same age um, culturally and like in friends um, sort of unite over things that like families wouldn't like dance and music and sort of subcultures form around. Uh, the music and the dance and things like that. Mm, and I also think like it's also quite pertinent with what you're saying that like the archive is changing as we touched on before. Mm. That no longer is our archive just about family and experiences with family. Because yeah. when I think of like an archive, like a like a uh, what are they called photo album, um, mm. you know, you've got like wedding pictures, birthdays, births, like. Mm. Halloween parties I think I had um mostly experiences with my brother or my extended family so like grandparents cousins aunts uncles and so yeah I feel like our generation is really like redefining what it means to be I, I mean what maybe me maybe even what like family kind of means that kind of like group mm-hmm. archive because in many ways like family is family something that just has to be a literal blood connection or can family also mean like your friends and mm. the relationships you have with your friends? I guess it kind of, to, in my mind, it's, it almost extends beyond the family um, into sort of working life with the gig economy where, mm. where you once had, um, you know, contracted books. Um, even that is sort of like, it's been post, post-modernified and, <laughs> and sort of, um, uh, that, that that structure isn't there as it as it was before. If that makes mm. sense. Um, mm. It's kind of like quite a wide 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 reaching thing in, in the context of the society that that doesn't exist. Yeah, because I suppose yeah. like our culture and our our society is almost non linear in the way that we document it because the photo album was linear in a sense that you'd have key events which would mark out things in time like a birthday or a wedding or i don't know like a halloween party or something that would mark out specific events that happen in time whereas now if it feels a lot more non-linear if you looked at an image you're kind of like when was that taken you know you wouldn't know unless you could see the date It, it, it could be up for interpretation in many ways I don't know if maybe yeah. you want to build on that kind of non-linear essence of like culture and society. Maybe the way that the digital age yeah, or, is like... Or, or is the image true at all? You know, like, is it a complete fabrication? No, yeah, yeah definitely. In that, in your, in your, um, that was like, 
tacking on to Maddie's thing, not like let's jump into that whole conversation. <laughs> I'm going for it, Torin, if you want to. <laughs> it's up to you. Um, yeah. So the idea of um, Maddie you were saying about sort of things um, sort of coming almost full circle again mm. um, sort of makes me think of like fashion almost and how like fashion is constantly changing, but then you'll see like similarities between like different decades, like mm. which like, things like suddenly become out of fashion and then like 10 or 20 years down the line like you, who knows like mm. and things like that were fashionable maybe like 20 30 years ago now are like mm. like suddenly super fashionable but it's interesting also how you bring up fashion because i think going kind of maybe closer back to what Jinyu was asking you know trends are very mm. much dictated by capitalism and consumerism yeah and this kind of notion that i mean i know flare jeans you know they've been very out of fashion and people have like hated on flare jeans mm. and now they're back in fashion and people love them and it's <laughs> it's very interesting how we're warping our perception due to things like capitalism and consumerism that mm. just because it's not trendy suddenly nobody likes it which Almost seems quite alien yeah. to me, but obviously we've all been a part of that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if this comment really relates to the overarching conversation, but it's more of um, you know, we talk about like just now. We, we, you, you guys discussed about like culture almost yearning for some for something else for another one's culture. Yeah, and it's quite mm. and it's quite mm. interesting if you observe like culture and if you observe history and and and, his, and culture is not something that keeps like rolling forward but rather culture mm. is something that keeps rolling forward backward forward backward it keeps rocking like five steps forward mm. three steps back five steps forward yeah steps back. so mm. i thought i'd just add my it's a really nice visual method for actually rather yeah. than just like sort of false mm-hmm. um it, 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 yeah, it seems like mis- misleading almost to think of it like this this thing that just pushes forward all the time. Yeah. Mm, as like- as Isaiah and I were discussing earlier, like culture is something that is is almost not present. It's not a present and future thing. Obviously, culture is kind of made in the present, but it is a res- retrospective thing. You can almost only like see and understand culture retrospectively. But when we look back on decades, like decades like the 70s 80s 90s we're looking retrospectively onto that culture and that kind of society and but it isn't something that can be a present thing so it's it's almost ironic to kind of be in a a digital age that is striving for present culture even though it's almost unattainable oh yeah definitely it's like i mean it's almost it's like when duchamp made his toilet urinal bowl he, he, he did not know he did not know that he was creating like a culture of sorts he, he did not he did not, yeah. know, he did not know that he was in the he was the so-called father of the postmodernist movement or or for, for conceptual as well yeah the ripples that he was going to i mean we all kind of know that we create ripples in time and the things that we do can affect others but like the almost the amount of ripples he made for the, I mean, the art world. You can't know right then when he decided to put his urinal into a gallery, the amount of ripples that he would have on our society and culture. It's, it's only really as a retrospective thing that 
I mean, even for him, like people have kind of just disregarded him. It's only really in retrospection that people have kind of analysed his work and seen what he's done, and then the ripples have kind of permeated in a way. Oh yeah, definitely. Cool. So is there anything else anybody wants to add? Or are we okay? No, I feel, I feel like we, we've covered it pretty comprehensively. It's been really interesting to, um, yeah. to kind of go down the various avenues. Yeah, definitely. It's been absolutely lovely. Great. So, uh, <laughs> thank you, Torrent, for coming on our chat. And thank you for everyone who has stayed on our live chat despite the small technical error halfway through. But anyways, this is uh, our last episode for Void Conversations Series 1. So we'll be taking, we'll be taking, we'll be taking a break for now and we'll be coming back with Series 2 very soon where we'll where we will start expanding our grasp on who we interview and we'll, and we'll just delve more into the various factions of art, culture and, like, and society. So thanks for listening, thanks for tuning in, so, and see you guys later. Bye! <laughs>